This is Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine Love Pentecostal Women's Church, March the 11th, 2020. Tonight, our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, will be bringing this evening's worship service. Stay with us. We will be beginning our service in just a moment here at the Pine Love Pentecostal Women's Church. tonight. We have a lot of sickness uh, in our church right now. Uh, Brother Thomas has got the type A flu. Sister Amanda B has got the type A flu. Um, Brother Matt just went home. He's doing good. We have Brother Bruce. Just got word. Brother Bruce uh, um, Hill. Is uh, is not doing. He's uh, not doing good. He uh, running a fever. Uh, I'm trying to think of a lot of some other folks. So. Mike Caps understands he got the flu. Who else? We got Jacks in rehab. We got Sister Carol's at home. She's been running uh, a little bit of a sore throat and stuff. Wrong kind of some mess going on with her. Sister Eula Barbie. Who else? Miss Pauline. We'll still remember her. She's at home. And uh, Mr. Lee left. He wasn't feeling good. Mr. Lee's left. He's not feeling good. So if Brother James will come up here and take this. I'll go home and. Huh? He said, I won't feel in that bad. I need to stay where I'm at. But anyway. Yeah, we have a lot of sickness. Also, Sister Carol Rogers called yesterday, and, uh, and my wife's got those names. She's going to bring those to me right quick so we can lift them up in prayer. Uh, anybody else got spoken request tonight? Patsy? Okay. Okay. Also? Sister Judy, you got those names? Have Candy and Connie. I uh, want to remember them. I did a phone tree yesterday on those. One of them's got a brain. Uh, has uh, Candy has brain cancer, right? So what do you say? Brain tumor. She has a brain tumor. <clears throat> and then uh, uh, the other one, she broke her foot. And she's not doing good at all either. Our blood blood sugars up way high. So let's remember these guys in prayer. I'm sorry I can't remember all these names. 
Uh, so let's remember these in prayer. We have a prayer list this long. But you know what? If it was from here around the world, it don't matter to God. He can do it all. He can answer them all. But the flu is really getting around and touching some folks and people are really getting this stuff. Uh, so let's uh, remember all these guys in prayer. Anybody else got a spoken request? <coughs> This coronavirus is going around. Uh, the last number I saw was 800 something cases in the U.S. now, something like that. So that's how quick this stuff is growing. Uh, uh, so let's remember this. It's hard now not to be around somebody with, with coronavirus. So you need to be very careful uh, when you're out. Okay. Anybody else? <coughs> Take it to the throne room. Father in heaven, to, tonight we are so thankful. Fathers, we gather here in the house of God tonight as we are. Father, those by the way of internet tonight, God, there may be some out there, Lord, that also has this flu thing that's going on. Some may be sick and running fevers. So, Father, we want to pray for them tonight also as we lift them up in, in the internet world tonight. God, wherever they are all around the world. Father, this coronavirus, we ask God that you would just intervene on, on behalf of this Lord. Father, it seems to be spreading. Master, we know, Lord, that you can just take control of this thing, Lord, and bring it down to where it's supposed to be. And, Father, just absolutely do away with it completely. Well, Lord, we just thank you tonight, God. And, Father, touch those that are here, Lord, that have the flu, Lord, and different things are going on with different sicknesses, brain tumors and foot brokes and all kinds of things that are going on, Lord. And we just ask, Father, you'd intervene tonight, God, as you would just touch and bless and have your divine way. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, tonight, God, for you, for, for who you are and what you do. And, Father, I just pray you bless this service tonight, God. Father, it's going to be a little bit dwarfed, a little bit different because I'm, I'm, uh, Thomas is out, Lord. He has the flu, God. So we just ask, Lord, you to bless him, Lord, and touch him and strengthen his body tonight also. And, God, we thank you for all you've done, Lord. And, Father, everyone, Lord, every prayer request that was spoken out, and all those that are sick in body, we ask, Lord, you to touch and intervene. We'll give you the praise, the glory in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We're going to ask the balcony band to come on duty tonight. Uh, we're going to start out singing, We Bring the Sacrifice of Praise. Sacrifices of 
thanksgiving and we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the
didn't know if it's going to hire that song or not. They done good. <laughs> I kind of work, Brother David, tonight. You can be seated if you want to. Appreciate everybody being here tonight. <coughs> Just thank God for you. Looking forward to what the Lord is getting ready to do in this in this situation that we're living in in this world today. I mean, believe there's a lot of things going on in the world. But can I tell you something? The Bible's being fulfilled. Jesus is soon coming. And the saints of God need to realize it ain't going to be long for the Lord makes the appearing to, <clears throat> to take the bride out of here. And don't you know I'd hate to know that I've lived all these years, do what I've done, and Jesus come, and I miss it. Well, that'd be something. That'd be bad. But anyway, God's good in There's a message tonight called Live the Dream or Living the Dream. How many is living your dream tonight? Anybody? Anybody living your dream? If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you should be living your dream. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, <clears throat> verses 1 through 5. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. We've been doing a study in the, in the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, and it's amazing what, uh, what the Lord does, is, it did and is doing for the church today. The church at Corinth literally turned her back on God totally. If you go to the 1 Corinthians and read that, if you look at chapter number 5, chapter number 6, You'll find out that there was sin in the church, and the church just accepted the sin and didn't do anything about it. But we're living in a day and time now that, you know, you're going to have to do what the Word says. You deal with sin. You take care of it. The church can't afford to overlook the sin. Amen? Anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, Paul says, it is, it is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. <clears throat> I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Paul said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Mm. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was called up into paradise and heard unspeakable words. Now listen, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Or such in one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmity. Somebody say, God bless the reading of his word. Mm -hmm. Paul went through some stuff when he became a child of God. His faith was tried many, many times, but he never doubted God. It's amazing. And Paul's wrote quite a bit of the New Testament, and we just thank God for that. But let me qualify my dream. It isn't a horse, it's not a piano, or it's not a plane. The only dream I have is to see this body, this body, grow. Salvations occur and build the first phase, phase, and maybe the second phase of the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. That's my dream. I want to see souls saved first and foremost. 
That's what God called us for. That's what God uh, has, has used us for. And that's what God has called the church to do, to see salvations of, of souls uh, being won to the kingdom of God. Or to build the first phase or maybe the second phase of the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. Now, you know where my heart is because I gave it to you when we first came. When, that, when I was asked about the vision of the church, vision or what was the goal for the church and all this stuff, I shared it with the board. I've also shared it with everyone else here at the church. I've shared it with many people. It's online, so that's my dream. And I'm looking forward to the first phase of what God is getting ready to do. But let me ask you some questions tonight. If you could do anything under the sun, what would you do? What is your dream tonight? Are you working at a job you love tonight? I am. I'm working and doing what I love to do. Sometimes I get frustrated like anybody else does. But I love what I'm doing for the glory of God. Anytime you're doing anything for God, you ought to be just excited because God is willing to use you in his vineyard to build his kingdom. And I'm going to tell you something, you can't have a better boss man or a better employer than God himself. Can I get an amen? So tonight I'm happy as I can be. I'm tickled to death. Amen. It's rush, rush, rush a lot of times. I, I was thinking this afternoon, I, I called and said, look, don't let the food get going because I'm running a little bit late. So, so you have some, don't, let, don't let it get going. I, I'm hungry. I hadn't eaten nothing all day. Hadn't eaten anything all day today till right now till, till I got to church tonight. And I want to tell you folks that cooked that stuff, you've done an outstanding job. It was good. It was wonderful. Amen. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's rush, rush, rush sometimes. But when you're working for the Lord and you're doing things for God, you know, you can't get no butter in that. So if, if you could do anything for a living tonight, what would you do? Think about that. If you could do anything, if the door was open for you to do anything that you desire to do in this world, what is it that you would like to do that you would enjoy? Rick Goblin wrote this in his book, Live full, die empty. That's what God wants you and I to do. He wants us to live full, but he wants us to die completely empty. That's what he wants us to do. He writes in his book, contrary to popular belief, the wealthiest places on planet earth are not the oil fields in the Middle East or the gold and diamond mines in South Africa. The wealthiest places on planet earth are cemeteries tonight. That's the wealthiest places on earth. Buried in cemeteries are books that will never be written, dreams that will never be fulfilled, and ideas that will never be spoken. Every day people take to their graves their dreams uh, and their passions. Uh, every day people die and take their dreams and their passions uh, with them to the grave. Can I tell you something tonight? What, 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 what uh, Rick Godwin wrote in his book, Live Full and Die Empty, that's exactly what you and I need to do. We need to live full for the glory of God. And then when all said and done, we've done everything that God has desired us to do. Uh, and when this body lays down and that soul is separated from the body to be with the Lord, uh, everything, that, when it goes to the graveyard, uh, nothing should go with your body to the graveyard. Absolutely nothing. Can I get an Amen. So whatever your desires are, whatever your dream is, you need to start living your dream for the glory of God. Is that all right? Mm. The first step in the right direction is to place God first. Is that right? The first step in the right direction is to place God first. God's word says, Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And you get, we don't have to sit down and worry about nothing. God's first in your life, you don't have to worry about nothing. Why? 
Philippians 4.19. But God, but my God, Paul says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In other words, this is what Paul said. But my God, Jerry's God, shall supply all of Jerry's needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we know God's got it all tonight. So if God's first tonight, and we know that he's first in our life, then everything you need is going to be supplied to you. You see, Christ won't play second fiddle to nobody. Is that all right? He won't play second fiddle to me. He won't play second fiddle to you. My wife won't play second fiddle with nobody. Well, I was waiting for her to say that, amen, because she just says amen, but every once in a while she'll miss it. She's over there busy. No, no, no. God won't play second fiddle with you. Let's look at tonight's text in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. I mean, no, God knoweth tonight. Such and one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise. Now, if he's caught up into paradise, man, that's way up there. Amen. That's way up there in the heavens. And heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Or such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Amen. I would say tonight that the Apostle Paul is living his dream. Can you imagine getting to see into the heavenlies while you're alive? When Paul arrived back from his spiritual journey, he was so taken back by the whole adventure that he caught even, and he couldn't even talk about it. In verse 4, Paul says, the, the word paradise, uh, in Greek, uh, it, uh, it has various meanings, uh, but the three times uh, it's used in the, Testament, uh, in the New Testament, it refers to heaven tonight. There's considered to, the, to be three heavens. Uh, first, the atmosphere of the birds and the clouds. Second, the sky, the starry heavens, uh, and the visible from earth. That's what we see at night. The highest heaven where God dwells. Therefore, this is where the apostle Paul visited. But remember, according to verse 4, it's not what Paul saw that took him back, but it was what the apostle heard. Uh, that's what took him back. This experience probably helped Paul to endure suffering uh, for the cause of Christ's sake. God will take you places. God will help you to get where you need to be. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what the suffering might be, you'll be able to go through it because you know God's got his hand on you tonight. And Paul experienced such experiences that he was able to go through what he had to go through for the glory of God. And I can tell you something, Paul went through a whole lot of things that you and I never have to face tonight. Romans chapter 8, 8 verse 18. Paul said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. Mm. Look at that. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. We sure won't try to even speculate what Paul heard. But it sure made a big impression on him. 
When you begin living your dream for God, it will change your life and also others tonight. You hear what I said? When you begin living your dream for God, it will change your life and others. Paul was living his life. Paul was living his dream for God. And what Paul did by living his dream, everywhere Paul went, people were changed for the glory of God. It's safe to say tonight that Paul's dream didn't come without a high price. Some say he was caught away after he was stoned and left for dead. Stoned and left for dead in Derby. These Jews dragged him out of the city. Some disciples gathered around him and prayed and Paul came back to life. They left him for dead. Thought he probably was dead. And these disciples gathered around and prayed him back to life. Why is that? Because God went through with him yet. Can I tell you something? You ain't going nowhere till God gets through with you. Is that all right? You ain't going nowhere till God gets through with you. Well, what about these folks that ain't following God? Are they not going to go till God gets through with them? If they're not following God and they don't want to serve God, it might not be that God's through with them, but they might be through with God. And in, in that situation, somebody's going to pay somewhere along the way. The Bible says you can shorten your days. Amen. Now, I know people use that to, to, to say, well, them folks that drink and smoke, do dope and all that kind of stuff and all kinds of crack and cocaine and all this kind of stuff. You know, the Bible says you can't short your days. You can't send away your days. I understand all that. I know that. But I got news for you tonight. I also believe those folks that know to do right and ain't doing right because the Bible tells the book of James, I think it is, uh, for him to know it to do good and do it not to him, it is sin. Can I tell you something? You can shorten your days by not serving God like you ought to. That hit like a stone hitting a lake. But it's a known fact tonight. So it's safe to say that Paul's dream didn't come without a high price. I said, some say he was called away. Now, others say Paul's catching away was part of the throne or the thorn in his flesh. That's what some say. Your dream will cost you. But remember, just as the children of Israel grew when they were mis mistreated in Egypt, you will grow also. How many believe the children of Israel grew? They were mistreated in, in, in Egypt. They were treated as slaves. They, they were just, uh, just, uh, just all kinds of tormentation went to them. Uh, but, but still yet, they, they grew. It, when Pharaoh was trying to destroy them, Pharaoh was trying to decrease them, uh, they grew more and grew more and grew more. You're not going to stop God's children. Somebody give me an amen right there. Others in the Bible have similar experiences. God came down and met Moses on Sinai. Peter, James, and John saw Christ glorified on the Mount of Transfiguration. John saw visions of the heavenly throne. Moses and Elijah came down from heaven to meet Christ. Now Paul's living his dream. His testimony is so sure, confident, and convincing that the Lord of glory impressed Paul to give it on many occasions. In other words, his testimony. How many has ever heard me say to you, you say to this church many times uh, that you need to testify through the glory of God. You need to let folks know what God's done in your life. You need to let folks know how God's changed your life. Uh, because I'm going to tell you something. When you testify, you talk about the good things of God and what you were and what you are now. It, people's going to be changed because of your testimony. They're going to see what God can do with you. Amen. Took my wife yesterday to physical therapy on this shoulder thing. 
shoulder on his, yeah, trying to lock up on her. So they're working it. Lock it. No. <laughs> so they're working it. But anyway, I was sitting out there waiting for it when they were, they were doing the thing. And this lady comes up and sits down beside them. And she said, I just want to come out and see if this was the Jerry Barbie I knew. And she sat down and looked at me. She said, do you know who I am? I said, well, your face looks a little familiar, but I, I, don't, I don't really know. And uh, so she began to tell me. She said, now you got to go way back. I'm talking way back. She said, you got to go back to Charles L. Coon High School. I said, no, honey, you're going way back now. That's, that's way back up. I'm talking like 1970 or something like that, 6970. I said, yeah, that's way, that's way back there. So I said, your face looks a little familiar, but, but, but I'm still trying to place it. And then she told me her name, and you know what? I forgot it from, from yesterday to today. I don't forgot her name. I do know her last name now is Godwin because she, she married a Michael Godwin, which I knew him. I knew him pretty well. Went to school with him also, so I know him. And uh, so that's what she told me. And then, then when she told me that, then I remember him and her back in the day were, were, were dating and going on, carrying on. But anyway, uh, I asked her, I said, y'all still married? She said, oh, yeah, we still are. I said, well, that's great. Then I, I reached in my pocket, and I handed her one of these cards, one of my church cards. And she looked at that card, and she said, that you? I said, yeah, that's me. She said, well, who did ever thunk that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> she said, really? I said, yes. Yeah. I said, really? I said, uh, I see me and my wife, we, we passionate up in Pine Level now. We're down in Pine Level now. Because Wilson, I'm, I'm up north. And when I'm in Wilson, so it's down in Pine Level. I told her I was passionate down at Pine Level. You'd be surprised if folks don't know where Pine Level's at. I said, down around Smithfield. Oh, I know where Smithfield's at. You know where JR's at? Yeah, I know where JR's at. I said, well, she's a couple miles down the road. You're in Pine Level. <clears throat> but anyway, she was so shocked. Seriously. I mean, she was just, I can't believe this. She said, this is impressive. I said, well, <clears throat> for 42 years, we're working on 42 years of, of ministry, uh, and uh, may it be 42 years, if I'm not mistaken. And I said, so that's where we've been, and that's what we've been into all these years. She, and she said, never would have thought uh, that you'd have been a preacher. I didn't tell her, but back then, never would I have thought that I'd have been a preacher. I told her it's my wife's fault, though. It's all her fault that I'm pastoring churches and, and they want to know how. There's another lady there. She's, she's in ministry and training. She hadn't preached her first sermon yet, so she was talking to me, asked me some things. And I told her, I said, it's my wife's fault. She said, really? I said, yeah. I said, because when I got married, I won't save. And she prayed for a Christian home. I said, well, I got to reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and the Lord says he'll give you above, abundantly above that you can even imagine or think. So she prayed for a Christian home, and she won't Pacific. Did I say that word right? Pacific. She won't Pacific. So she should have said, I just want a Christian home, Lord, and that's all I want. But I told her, I said, it's her fault because God gave her the whole ball of wax. So she's got a Christian home, and she's also <clears throat> a pastor's wife which is next to the best job in the world other than being a pastor. But you know what's so great about being a pastor's wife? They get sometimes a whole lot more pressure than the pastor does. Folks don't believe that, but I'm telling you the absolute facts they do. Anyway, Paul's living his dream. His testimony is so sure, so confident, and convincing that the glory of God impressed Paul to give it on many occasions. 
Every time he gives his testimony, it cut men to their heart. Every time Paul gave his testimony, it cut men to their heart. Every time you and I give our testimony, it should cut men to the heart. Amen? I don't know what it did for that young lady yesterday. I say a young lady because she's the same age I am. I don't know what it did for that young lady yesterday, but I can tell you this. I can tell she was shocked when she got up and left. And I didn't, I didn't get into it a whole lot with her. I just told her a little bit about what was going on. But she was absolutely shocked. Now, she may be watching us now. I told her, she said, you can go to the web, you can, go to the, to, you can download the app, you can go to YouTube, you can go to all these different places, you can see it because we live stream everything we do. So I don't know if she's listening or not, and I hope she is. I hope they tune in, and you know, because the reason I want them to tune in is because I want them, I, I, she, she was going to church, uh, so I want them to know that Jesus Christ still loves them, still cares for them, uh, and he loves them as much as he does me, and he'll, he'll help them do whatever needs to be done to get on the, get on the right road to glory. Don't say they're not tonight because I'm not judging. I'm just saying this. When we give our testimony like Paul, it should cut people to the heart and they should feel the convicting power of God as God just settles down upon them. Is that okay? Somebody say amen. His testimony brought repentance and salvation, fruit and spiritual gifts unto thousands. And now millions because his dream lives on. How many know Paul's dream is still living on tonight? When you have a God dream, your dream will outlive you. Because it will bring fruit in many other lives tonight. If you were as serious as Paul was uh, with his life in Jesus, uh, we would change lives everywhere we went also. Is that all right? People shouldn't see you and I. They should see Jesus in us. Getting ahead of myself. It's getting ahead of myself. You see, folks like Paul. Paul said, it's not I who lives, uh, but Christ in me. I mean, got Christ in you tonight. If you got Christ in you, Christ should be coming out of you. That's right. Is that all right? It's amazing to me when people have Christ in them, but you very seldom see Christ come out of them. Something wrong with that picture. Might not be as much Christ in there as they think they have. Let me get back over here. I felt something right there. With that said, Paul said, it's not I but Christ living. With that said, if we were as convicted as we say we are, when we talk with people, the love of God will cut hearts uh, just as it did when Paul spoke to people. I mean, God's no respect to a person. Yeah, but that's Paul. I know it's Paul. But Paul, just like you and I, he started the same place you and I did. He started at the foot of the cross. Everybody goes to Christ starts at the foot of the cross. Everybody that gets to the Father is going to go by the way of the cross at the foot of the cross. They're going to go by Jesus Christ to get to the Father. He's the door. And he's the only way to get to the Father tonight. So Paul started the same way we did as everybody else has. The only difference is a lot of times is Paul took everything he had from God very serious and he used it for the glory of God. And he he didn't let things get in his way. He didn't let things, people or anything else get in his way. He served God. Let me tell you something, man stoned and left for dead. I know a lot of folks tonight that claim to be children of God. You know what they've done? They've turned their back on God and walked off and left. We'll never serve God no more. Because, no, I ain't putting up with that. I ain't got to do that right there. What did Paul do? Paul continued on. Paul was shipwrecked. He continued on. Paul was snake bitten. Wow. But what did he do? That devil seized on him. What did he do? He didn't just shake the devil off. The Bible said he shook him off in the fire and he got burned up. Let me tell you something. You can shake the devil off in the Holy Ghost fire and the devil will burn up right there in front of you in Jesus' name. 
The problem is we ain't got as much Holy Ghost as we think we have. Look out, Jerry. Come on, help me out. Paul shook that devil off in the fire. You're living in a day and time now, and I believe it's coming real soon and real quick uh, that you and I is going to have to start shaking the devil off uh, and putting him in the fire that's hotter than his fire. Hell, how many know hell's hot tonight? But it ain't hot as nothing is what the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is 10, 15, I don't even have the number tonight to tell you how much hotter the Holy Ghost is uh, than what Satan himself is tonight. Because the Holy Ghost I have can overcome and can overpower the devil tonight. That all right? That's how Paul made it through. By the power of God. Mm. So, you see, it should not be about you. It should always be about Jesus Christ. And that's one thing I've preached for years and years and years and years. I found out when God saved me, when God called me to preach, I found out when he called me to preach, he let me know, this ain't about you. Don't get all wrapped up and tied up in you. It's not about you, son. It's all about my son, Jesus Christ. That's who it's all about. So what you do, you don't do for yourself. You do for the glory of God. And that's what I try to do. You see 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. The Bible says, for now we see through a glass darkly. But then, face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. For and now abide in faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. I mean, no love is the greatest thing you can have tonight. If you got love, you got God. If you ain't got love, you ain't got God. Is that all right? You can't halfway love somebody. You either love somebody or you don't love them. Amen. But look what Paul said, verse 12. Now, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Face to face to what? Face to face to who? But then face to face, face to face to Christ. Now I know in part what I know in part because I only know part of it. That's all I know. I just know part of it. For now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Because the Bible talks about when that which is perfect is come. I don't need all this stuff no more. I won't need the Holy Ghost no more. I won't need all these things no more because when that which is perfect to come, which is Jesus Christ tonight, he's going to just help us and get us out of here and take us home to glory what we're supposed to be tonight. Is that all right? Now, abide in faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. I mean, no love's the greatest thing I already said you can have tonight. Listen, it's our faith that enables us to come to God but it's his love that enables us to imitate him. Jesus came to be just, I can't get over that thought that, that, ran, that running through my heart and through my mind the other day when I was listening to that song and two or three weeks ago, everyone goes, I can't get over that thought the Lord just put in my heart and in my mind, Jesus came to be just like me so I could be just like him. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Mm. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image <laughs> 
from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Listen to me. As we believe and live the dream, we shall behold the glory of the Lord through the Word of God. The Spirit of God transfers us, transforms us into the very likeness of Christ, the Word of God. This right here has got to come off of these pages right here, and it's got to be placed into our heart. This is the Bible, the Holy Word of God. I laid the Bible down one day and stood on it. Somebody had a fit. So, oh, you don't do that. Golly, you don't, what, the, what the Bible says, stand on the Word. Don't it say stand on the Word. Now, I know he ain't going to throw the Bible down and stand on it. Watch this right here. You see this right here? I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I want that to come from the bottom of my feet all the way up my legs, all the way up here. I want it to come all the way up here. And I, I want it to come here, but then not this meat heart right here because that's not what he's talking about. This is a heart. This is a muscle that pumps blood for you and I. This is, this is the heart. But what God's talking about, he's talking about the heart of man. Amen? So we take the word from here and get it into the heart because when you get into the heart, nobody can take it away from you. If you get it in your mind, you'll lose it. But if you get it in your heart, you won't never lose it. It'll always be there. Is that okay? Let's do it. Ooh, I can't believe he stood on Somebody, I just felt a little tremble when I stood on the word. Let me tell you, can I tell you what this is right here? This is the Bible. The holy word of God. I can go down to the Bible bookstore and I can buy one of these. I can go over to Ollie's. You know where Ollie's is? You ever heard of Ollie's? We got one close by here. What's close by Ollie's we got right here? Goldsboro. Why has Goldsboro got everything in Pine Lake? We ain't got nothing. Much bigger. You can go to Ollie's and buy one of these. You might not go to Ollie's and buy one this good. This is pure leather. This is almost a $100 Bible. I'm not saying you can't, but I can tell you this. I can take this $100 Bible and I can go buy one for Ollie's for, for $12.95 and put it together and it's the very same thing if it's translated in the very same way. If it's King James Version, it's King James Version. But let me tell you this. You me tell you what it is? This is a book. That's all this is, is a book. Look out, Pastor, you're talking about the Bible. You're talking about the Word of God. I know I am, but let's still be careful. This is a book. This is supposed to be the living Word. How many know this is the living Word? Amen. Amen. The Bible says, if I can remember it out of my head, I probably have to turn to it right quick. The Bible said in, in John chapter 1, for the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. How did the Word became flesh? It became flesh through Jesus Christ. So the Word became flesh, dwelt among you and I. Amen. And his own rejected him. They refused him. But thanks be unto God that God came along and had people like Paul to talk to you and I, the Gentiles tonight, and bring us in and get us grafted in that we also tonight are children of God. So that we can live our dream in God Almighty tonight. If you're not living your dream tonight, it's your own fault. It ain't God's fault. Come on, help me out. Living dream. But this is a book. What happens to this book, this book becomes a living word, becomes the living word. When I take, Sister Margaret, when I take the words off this page uh, and I get them into the depths of Jerry's heart tonight, that's when it becomes a living word. I can buy this Bible tonight and do like a lot of folks do. Uh, they'll take it home, they'll set it on the shelf. Uh, it's an old song that was sung years and years ago, Dust on the Bible. 
Dust on the holy word. Why? Why is there dust on it? Because it's never picked up. It's never read. It's never searched out. It's never gotten into. So it just collects dust. And when it collects dust, it's just another book. But when you take that and you knock the dust off of it and you make it alive in you and you start living the word, you make the word the living word tonight. God Almighty, that's good. You folks ought to be shouting all over this place. That's what makes it the living word. This is mine. I can do with it what I want to. I got notes in this. I got underlines in this. I got a Bible in my office. We'll slam out. I read it from cover to cover and I marked everything in there and I want to use it sometime but, but it's, it's so all the pieces uh, that, that, that it's, it's just wow. out. How many has got some wow out Bibles tonight? Your Bible wow out, that means that word's a living to you. That, that's a living word to you. But I got one in my office, it's just, I mean, it's just pages messed up, all this one thing. But I've got written in, i got notes written in, i got all this written in. I was at my uncle's house one night years and years ago. And his Bible was laying on the coffee table. He was going to church with me. Well, I won't pass him too far away from his house, so he started coming to church with me. He started asking some questions. And so this Bible was laying on the coffee table, and I picked his Bible up. And he was asking about a scripture, so I told him, I said, turn to it. I said, now, what I would do is I would you... I'd take my ink pen or my pencil or, or, or highlighter or something. If that scripture is speaking to you and that scripture is good to you, what I would do, I'd take, I'd take, I'd take that highlighter or I'd take my ink pen and I'd mark it and, and I'd make a note by it or something. When I said that, his wife had a purified faith. You don't write in the Bible. I said, what you mean you don't write in the Bible? If you look at mine, you'd have a pure heart attack. If I bring mine in here, it all wore out. Marks everywhere. You won't be able to stand it. I can't market it, but it's laying on the table, never picked up and read, but I can't market it. Something wrong with that picture. This is mine. It ain't quite as bad. It's almost like a filing cabinet too. But it's marks in here and all kinds of things in here. This is mine. And I love the word. I love my Bible. And I'm going to just be up front and honest with you tonight because I'm mad enough to do that. You see, I like to be transparent. I don't like to play. What you see tonight is what you get. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. But I'm going to be honest with you tonight. Your pastor's not in the Word like he ought to be. I'm not reading like I should. So I'm not going to tell you to do something that I, that I, that I, sh- that I sh- shouldn't be doing myself. So I need to get back into the Word more so tonight than I'm in the Word. I need to sit down and read. I need to study. I need to sit down and make time for God and do this. And like I said earlier, it's rush, 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 rush. It's like I'm rushing to death on a lot of things. But you know what? There's, we're going to have to stop. And the only way it's going to happen is you make it happen. You have to stop and say, this is God's time, and I'm spending this time for God. Is that all right? What's wrong with Christians? We're not in the Word. Well, Pastor, I've read the thing from cover to cover. I know, I have too. But how many know God don't want you to stop reading? It used to be, and I hadn't bought one in a long time. It used to be when I'd buy a Bible, the first thing I'd do, I'd sit down and I'd read it from cover to cover. And I'd have the dates in it when I started reading, and I had the dates in it when I finished reading. This Bible here was bought in December 2001. The one I got in my office, it was bought like 1984. But I sat down and read it from cover to cover. We didn't have church one Sunday morning. I got to finish up and quit. We didn't have church one Sunday morning years and years ago. I was in Norman, North Carolina. And I was sitting there that Sunday morning. Ice was all over everywhere, so we didn't have church. And I turned the TV on. This guy was talking. And he, talk, he got to talking about reading the Word of God. And he started saying, if you read so many chapters, this or this, this you, can read the, you can read the Bible in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in one year. 
I forgot how many chapters there is a day. If you read so many chapters a day, four or five chapters a day, you, you, read the, you can read through the Bible in one year. And then he said, if you read, if you read such, such amount of chapters, you can read the Bible in six months. And as I listened to him, he said, if you read 40 chapters a day. I said, wow, that caught my attention. He said, if you read 40 chapters a day, you can read the Bible in 30 days. You know what I did? That Sunday, I started 40 chapters a day. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You read 40 chapters a day, you're going to spend time with God. Unless you read a whole lot faster than I do. Some people can speed read. I don't speed read. I don't speed tight. I don't speed right. We got email now. They call it snail mail. When you put something in the stamp on the envelope, you put it in your mailbox, that's called snail mail. Well, that's about the way I do everything I do. I read, especially when it's this little right here, man. We got to get up on this stuff. But in, in, in 30 days, I read the Bible through. 40 chapters a day. Sometimes it would be late when I get started. But I read 40 chapters. It'd be sometimes I'd be 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning reading my 40 chapters, get them done. But 30 days, I read the Bible. Do I suggest you do that? No, no, no. I don't suggest you do that. You know why? Because when you read it that quick, you, all you're doing is reading. You're not getting a whole lot out of it. That'll be something that'll start out you every once in a while. But, 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 but basically, you're reading it so fast and so quick, you're going through it so quick that you're glancing it instead of reading it. What I suggest you do, just take a chapter or two a day. Read it, study it, meditate on it, eat it, chew it up, swallow it, go through it. That way you get to know the Word of God. I'm going to class. Me and my wife going to class. I got to go to class Monday night. You know what? He, he, he thought we had it made. And then he comes up this past Monday night and said, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're studying the book of Isaiah. He said, when you come back uh, next, next class, he said, I'm going to have a, 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 a test for you. It's going to be your final, final exam. I said, wow. I thought I was going to get out of that. We're going to have a final exam to study the book of Isaiah. He's going to have scripture down. He's going to have a bunch of scripture down. And we're going to have to tell him if it's in the, in the book of Isaiah or not. Is this scripture in Isaiah? In other words, 66 chapters in Isaiah, think of this, whatever it is. He wants us to learn Isaiah. So he's going to have scriptures down, and we've got to tell him if it's in Isaiah, if it's not. He said, if you could tell me what chapter and what verse it is, you get extra credit. So I'm thinking, I need to find out some chapters and verses, Brother James, because I need some extra credit. Because all my yeses might not be right, and it might be some no's that I've messed up on. But what I'm saying is, he wants us to get into the way he wants us to know the Word of God. How many know it's good to know the Word of God? It's good to know the Word of God that because when I get up to speak to you, if you don't know the Word, I can tell you anything. But if you know the Word and I speak contrary to the Word, you can bring to my attention. Wait a minute, Pastor, that ain't what I've read. That ain't what I find out. That's not what I'm studying. That's, what, that's not how I see it. Then we come together and we see what, what who, not, not to see who's right or who's wrong. But we're going to just see what thus said the word of God. And that's what we're going to base it on. What God says. Is that all right? Living your dream. How many is living your dream tonight? I got a few. God's good and I'm finishing up right now. Amen. Some of us have been making God angry. The Spirit of God transforms us into the very likeness of Christ. I said that. Some of us have been making God angry, not because of some deep, dark sin, but because we don't believe in God's infinite capacity to bring about greatness in our life. God can do whatever he wants to do if you let God do it. Is it all right? Amen. 
I've been preaching a whole lot of years. As I said, we're working 42 years in ministry. 40 of those years has been behind a pulpit preaching to, 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 to churches. 40 of those. Two of those years, I, I was in Moral Rapids uh, trying to get a church started and ready to get it started and ready to get it organized. Uh, and they said, no, nope, we don't want you to organize it. I said, if I don't organize it right now, you're going to lose it. Uh, I'm telling you now, the people are ready. Let me tell you something. When God gets ready to do something and people back off, you can hinder what God wants to happen. You Can I tell you that? And I told the overseers, I told those who were in the Lord, I said, look, we need to organize this church. I got folks that are ready here. I, 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 got, I got about 35, 40 people coming out. And we started out with me and my wife and her, 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 her uncle and his wife. We started out with those four. We had 35, 40 people coming. I said, I need to organize the church now. If I don't, I'm going to lose it. They said, no, we're not ready yet. We want you to have three charter members. I said, really? I got two. Let me go and organize. If you don't let me organize now. Well, why is those 35, 40 people going, going to church and not, not being a member? Because they weren't quite ready yet. And I, I didn't press the issue. I didn't, I didn't push them into becoming a member of the church. I didn't do that. I just asked folks, talk to folks. So you want, you want, you want, I've talked to folks here. You want to join the church? Yeah. Something told me, I said, well, I ain't really never been asked. I said, really? Wow. So I didn't push the issue. I said, let me join. Let me, let me organize now. If you don't, you're going to lose it. No, we can't do that. Then the church on down the road in Manio, North Carolina, one, one person. They need to organize the church to organize the church. Because it has something to do with the history and all this kind of stuff. So the organizer won. Amen? But won't let me organize. Why happened to the one we, that we were going? Eventually, people drifted off. They started drifting away. People, you, you can hinder what God's wanting to do. Amen? People can hinder what God wants to do. If you don't believe it, look at the children of Israel. They marched around for 40 years. 40 years, round and round and round. The best thing God did for them was don't, don't let the shoes wear out and then let the clothes wear out. They wore the same clothes. The shoes didn't wear out. 40 years, round and round and round. Because 10 out of 12 said, we can't do it. Two of them said, yeah, we can. God's on our side. We can do anything. That two or three or four day journey, I've heard it different times. I've heard, two, I've heard three days. I've heard 12 days. I've heard four days. But anyway, that anywhere from one to 10 day journey turned into 40 years because of disobedience to God. I said, let me organize. You're going to lose it. So what happened? And I was through. I knew God was through me after that. I said, I'm through. So then I said, find me a church. Let me go somewhere. So this, they, they found me a church. And I, and I went. And that's when I started pastoring the church. My first church was Little Washington, North Carolina. I was the first church. I went there the other night and had a funeral. Hadn't been back in 33 years or so. And I said, it's amazing where God has brought us from to where we are today. Let me tell you something, folks. For 40 years, I'm going to go and tell you like it is. I'm fixing to quit, but I want you to listen. I'm living my dream right now. Right now, your pastor is living his dream. Really? Yeah. Because I see the potential we have. I see what God's got given to us. I see what God's gotten to us that we can, we can reach all around the world right now, tonight. Anywhere in the world that there's an internet connection tonight, we can reach that part of the world tonight. Your pastor's living his dream right now, right here in Pine Level, North Carolina. I've never, I never said this to nobody. I never told my wife nobody because God's helped me to see where I'm at right now. For 40 years, for 40 years, we've been pastoring churches for 40 years, and God's got us right now where God wants us at, and I'm living my dream right now. You mean to tell me this little town of Pine Level, this church of Pine Level, is where you are living your dream right now? Let me tell you something. I, I, God's helped me to see from, from 1980 when, when, he, when he put me in that place in Roller Rapids. Uh, I, I started preaching in 1978. Uh, we done some evangelistic work for about a year and a half or so, and then we started pastoring. So, yeah, God's helped me to see, son, this is where I brought you from. This is where, this is where you've been. These steps that you've been taking, uh, I've took you everywhere I've taken you tonight uh, because I want you to see where you've been. Uh, I want you to see what's going on. God's put us through 
through trials. He's put us through tests. He's put us through things where churches have literally thrown us out. We've, done, we've been through all that kind of stuff to get to where we are right now tonight. I'm living my dream right now, and I know God is going to begin to open up some things. God's going to get phase one going pretty soon. Then it's going to be phase two. Then it's going to be phase three. People say, no, he's lost his mind. He's going crazy. No, no, no. I ain't going crazy. I serve a God tonight that says, I'll do what I said I'll do. I'll put you where I need to put you. I'll have you where I need you to be, and I'll be going to do things like you ain't never seen before, and God's getting ready, Pine Level, and you might as well get ready because God's getting ready to open this thing up, and you're going to be amazed at what God's doing because I'm living my dream, and I'm going to experience God like I've never experienced God before. Somebody ought to be praising the Lord. And if you don't want no part of it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry as I can be. If you don't want no part of it, I'm sorry. Why are you saying you're sorry? Because I'm going to tell you something. I ain't planning on going nowhere. Uh-uh. I ain't planning on going nowhere till God gets through with what God wants to do right here where I'm at. And God says, son, this is the place right here. I've got you now where I need you to be because there are things that can happen. God told me years ago behind the scenes I'm doing things that you don't even know about. Joy, stand up and look at me. Joy. How many know Joy up there? Am I saying it right? Joy? Joey? How you say it? Joey? J-O-E-Y? How long you been working on that stuff up there? Since you were 15 years old. 15 years old and you're 40 now. Oh. Huh? That's right, you just turned 41 this past year. 41. So for 26 years, is that right? 26 years, he's been working on that stuff up there. He don't know this, but I'm fixing to tell it. Joy? Sit down back up where I can see you. Don't, don't, don't disappear. I'm going to tell you something, son. You are part of behind the scenes what God told me years and years ago. He said, behind the scenes, I'm doing things you don't even know about. I'm going to tell you now. You are part of that behind the scenes of what God's been doing in this ministry right here to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. And I want to say to you tonight, personally, thank you for what you've done for the glory of God and the Pine Level Church. There's people that's been up there to see what he's got. They're amazed. You don't see this everywhere. You don't find this stuff everywhere. You don't see this stuff. When I walked up, I said, what the world y'all got going on up here? Cameras everywhere. Everywhere I looked, there's a camera in my face. It took me a little bit to get used to that. It really did. And my wife's on the edge all the time because she says, you've got to be careful now because you subject to say anything and it's going all over the world. You've got to be careful. So I'm going to tell Joy, he showed me up there the other Sunday morning that we're about 30 seconds delayed. In other words, what's going on right now, they're getting it about 30 seconds later. So if I mess up real good, he's got 30 seconds to get that out and put something and, and, and do it like it ought to be done. How many know sometimes that happens? Because I asked him Sunday morning, he, he, he said, see, it's about 30 seconds delayed. I said, really? I said, so that means if somebody up in the choir was up saying, I said, that means if somebody in that choir was to get, was, something was to happen to them, some kind of bad spirit jump on them, they jump up and down, go to cussing and raising cane and all this kind of mess up there. And he said, but you go to get mad, cussing and raise cane up there. It going all the way. I said, I said, I said, you got 30 seconds to get that out right quick. Yeah. Probably wouldn't happen. So we might need to do like they did on, on the Super Bowl. 
When Janet Jackson died, that guy reached over there and, and snatched. I didn't. I ain't never seen that, but I've heard about. Said said she, he reached over there and snatched her thing, and all her stuff started hanging out and all this kind of mess. And and from then on, if you watch the Super Bowl now, it's going to be about a three or four three or four minute delay. So if something like that happens again, they could they could fix it. See, we're alive right now. What I everything I just done right now is live. We went all the way over. He can't fix that. My wife says, "You better be careful." Amen. That's why I tell you folks, not trying to make nobody nervous. You up there singing in the choir, don't be picky until you pick your nose and all this kind of mess. People are looking at you, they're seeing you. Is that all right? <laughs> That's why everything we need, to, not, not because we have that. Thank God we do have that. We need to do it if, if we don't have it. Everything you do for God should be to the very best that you've got. Excellently in everything you've got for God. That's what you need to do. If you're going to vacuum this floor, you need to give it the very best you got. And give God praise and glory while you're doing it. So behind the scenes, Pine Level's been doing a lot of things to get this ministry promoted and get this ministry moving out and get this ministry moving for the glory of God. He texted me this week and said, somebody, there's a lot of people out there watching us and watching what we're doing. How many did we have the other day, Joy? 400 or something? Is that what it was? I don't know. Tell me something real quick. I got, to, I got to finish. Just want y'all to understand where we are. And before this, small little group. 35, 40 people. You get your church built up at 65 or 70. Half of them get mad. Leave. They're back down to 35, 40. You build it back up. Half of them get mad. It's back down to 35, 40. Last month, we reached 4,443. They saw it. They saw it. They know it's there. They know where it's at. And they know where to get back to it if they need to. Is that just Facebook? How about the live stream all this stuff? You ain't got no counsel for that? All right. Log it in. Do it a little difficult for me. Log it in. Let me know sometime where we are. 4,443 last month on your Facebook deal. 4,443. When I came in here uh, uh, almost two years ago, maybe two years ago, I told you God said 7,000. I'm waiting to hear the number 7,000 one time, at one time. I ain't talking about over a month span. I'm waiting to hear the number 7,000 that's watching this thing, 7,000 people at one time. That's, that's crazy. I don't care. It's all over the world. All over the world, 7,000 ain't but just a little handful. I'm waiting to hear 7,000 at one time. When he clicks on it and it says 7,000 people, that's what I'm waiting for. Because God says, son, I've given you the opportunity now to do and reach what, what I want you to do and reach. I want, I'll give you the opportunity and you got it. Do not waste it. Do not throw it away. Do not let it slip out of your hands. So folks, listen to me careful. I'm not going to let this slip out of my hands. 
I love you folks to death. Do anything I can for you. But God is top priority. God's number one in my life. Amen? He's the one I serve. I've been thrown out of churches because God was number one in my life. And I didn't go along with the family deal. I didn't, I didn't click with the family. I didn't do this, do the other thing at all. So they threw me in the street. But I'm going to tell you this tonight. If I, got through, if I get thrown in the street, I go in the street doing the same thing I did then, fighting for the glory of God. When I walk out, I'll be able to say, God, you know, I've done everything I did good to stay. I've done everything I could to make it work. But for some reason, other folks didn't want it to work. So that's it. I don't care what people say. You blame the pastor all you want to blame. Those folks that blame the pastor all they want to blame, blame the pastor. But I'm telling you something tonight, folks. I'm as transparent as I can be. I'm up front as I can be. I ain't got nothing to hide. I ain't got nothing to keep from you. I ain't got no secrets from you. It is what it is tonight. I love God. I want to serve God. He called me to preach. Sure, I've messed up over the years. Sure, I've shunned him. Sure, I didn't go as far as he wanted me to go. Sure, I fell short sometimes. But I want to tell you something tonight. Just like Paul, even in those times, in those times, I still know tonight that God's allowing me to live my dream right here where I'm at. And I'm looking for God to do great and wonderful things here. Because I serve a great big God. And I ain't going to let one person, not one person, hinder what God wants to do. Is that all right? Some of you looking at me mind strong. But let me just tell you where I'm at. Huh? Some, some folks are kind of thinking, well, how long is he going to be here? Is he, is he, is he going to leave? Is he going to do it? What's he going to do? No, no. Get that out of your way. Get that out of the way. Completely out of your way. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here to stay till Jesus comes back. And I'm getting old. I am. But that don't bother me. I stood today and talked to a man that's 86 years old, leaned up against his car, still doing mechanic work. Leaned up against his car, throwing a thousand papers on Friday. That's what he does. He's got a paper out. Him and Lee got a paper out, throwing a thousand papers on Friday. Doing all this, 86 years old. I was there talking. His mind is sharp as a tack. And I looked at him and I said, You know what? I'm looking forward to getting as old as you are, and I hope to God I'm as good a shape as you in, huh? and I'm able to do what you do when I get 86 years old. I ain't quitting. I have preachers tell me all the time, you're 66 years old, you're getting ready to draw social security, you need to quit. You need to retire. Man, you're killing yourself. Uh, yeah, I am. Brother James, if I'm killing myself, it's for God. If I go home, sit down, kill myself, it's for nothing. Is that all right? So I die fighting for God. Is that all right? Somebody shout praise the Lord. I fix finish up. I got one more paragraph, I think. Huh. Some of us are making God angry say because some of us are, are in not deep, dark sin, but because we don't believe that God's infinite capacity to bring about greatness in our, in our life. I believe I serve a great big God tonight. Amen. If your dream, if your dream is not no bigger than what you are, you ain't got much of a dream. As you live the dream, putting Christ and his word first, you in return will be blessed. Listen. Sometimes God initiates uh, the dream, uh, but more than often, uh, you jumpstart your dream. Uh, will you live your dream with me tonight? Somebody shout praise the Lord. Let us stand to our feet. I'm through right here. Amen. Sometimes uh, you have to jumpstart your dream. Can I tell you something? There's been several times over these 40 years uh, that I've had to jumpstart my dream. I, I run across some stuff the other night uh, and I found out exactly when it was. 1989 is when God gave this thing to me. When God put this thing in the depths of my heart. 1989. Uh, I, I, I was sitting down. I was going through some stuff. Uh, I found a letter that I wrote Jimmy Swagger back in 1989 uh, and I told him a letter. 11 page letter. Handwritten out. I told him what I want to do. I told him he was coming around. I said I want to meet with you five minutes. All I need is five minutes. I got a letter back from his wife. He don't have time to meet with you. I said, well, that's okay. And I really felt that thing from God. He don't have time to, wait to meet with you. And I almost messed up. Because sometime after that, he messed up. 
And sometime after that, I was getting sitting down and getting ready to write me another letter. You didn't have time for me, but you had time for whatever the, whatever the deal was. Huh? I was right. I was, I, was, I, was, I was right. God said, shut it down, son. You don't do that. That's not the way I operate. You don't kick a man when he's down. You lift a man up. You encourage a man when he's down. You don't kick him when he's down. You lift him up. You know there's still people today that don't like Jimmy Swagger? Could care less for him? Don't like him a bit? I got news for you tonight. If he'd walk in that door, I should get on the piano and play me something. I listen to his music. I listen to the preacher sometimes. Why? Because if he got it right with God and made it right with God, who am I to point my finger at him? Huh? Who am I to judge him? Come on, somebody help me out. Because I'm going to tell you something. All of us have been there. None of us are perfect. Amen? None of us are perfect. Maybe you probably ain't done some of the things some other folks have done. But let me tell you something. If, you, if, if, if you're going against God, disobedience to God, that's sin tonight. Somebody shout praise the Lord. It's the truth. So, hey, I don't know why I brought his name up. I usually don't call names now, but he just, he just happened to be. I pray, I pray for the man. I thank God for him. He, I just got some, if, if I could get the music that he's got, I'd fire everything around him. Look out, preacher. Let me tell you something. You get down and listen to it. That's some anointed stuff. I'm talking some anointed music. That's some anointed singing. You know what your pastor's after? I'm after some anointed choir singing. I'm after some anointed piano playing. I'm after some anointed anything we do. I want it to be anointed by the glory of God. When that wife of mine gets her own bongo things, she gets to beating them things up. I don't want it just to beat on it. I want it, I want it to be anointed under, under the anointing of God. That's what I'm looking for in the church. And that's what we're going to get. Believe it or not, we're going to get that because that's what God wants. And if I'm not willing to do what God wants, God said, get out of my way because we're moving forward. Look out, preacher. I'm just telling you what the facts is. God's getting ready to do some things in the Pine Level Church, and I'm not playing with people. I'm letting go and letting God do what God wants to do. Is that all right? Oh, some of you look at me like real hard, real strange. You know why? It's been a long time since this church has let God be God, let God be first. It's been a long, I'm just telling you the facts. It's been a long time since, since this church has really turned loose and let God be the God that he wants to be over this church right here. Because we're scared we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. We can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do this, we can't do that. Some of us need to grow up. Put on your big boy pants, big girl pants, and pull them up, let's grow up, and let's go and do what God wants us to do. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's the one that died for you. He, he literally, literally died for you. And if we're willing to stand in his way to keep him from doing what he wants to do, there's something wrong with you and I somewhere, somewhere, in, in somewhere. I'm living my dream tonight. Somebody say amen. I'm living my dream tonight, and I'm going to keep on living my dream for the glory of God. When I get in my car and go home tonight, my wife's going to talk to me about what I talked about tonight. I ain't never heard you talk like you talked tonight. What's going on with you? I'm living my dream tonight. I'm living my dream. She's found out now I'm living my dream. When I get in the pulpit, I'm living my dream. Am I good? No. Got a long way to go. Am I where I need to be? No. Got a long way to go. But I tell you this. I'm living my dream and I'm moving with God. How many really want to move with God? How many really want to move with God? One more time. How many really want to move with God? Okay, that sounds better. Then let's get ready. Let's go ahead and get what we need to get, get it all worked out, get it all straightened out, and get all the difference between one another fixed out of the way, and let's get it together and let God be God in our life now. Amen? I told you the other Sunday morning, I preached the other Sunday morning, until you get things right where it needs to be right, you ain't going to get to the throne room of God. You'll go around it, but God's going to take you right back to it. How many remember that message I preached the other Sunday morning? When Frankie Settle was, was standing right here and I had him come up here. How many remember that? 
God said, do that. God said, show the people. You might go around a situation and get over here where God's at, but guess what he's going to do? He said, no, 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 uh-uh, you got to go back. Go back. Make it right here, then go back. See, so a lot of people want to go around it. God said, no, it don't work that way. You have to make it right. Everybody say, make it right. Let's make it right with God and let God be what he wants to be in our lives. Amen. Father in heaven, we love you tonight. We thank you. We praise you. And I appreciate these folks being here tonight, God. And I've gone a little bit over, Lord, as a time. And God, you know, time don't mean nothing to you. But Master, tonight, I'm so thankful for the spirit of the Lord that I feel in this place right now. Sure, the devil's in the midst. He's trying to hinder. He's trying to stop. He's trying to do all kinds of things, God. But I, I refuse tonight, Father, to even listen to him. I refuse not even look in his direction because the God I serve has let me know that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Thanks for tuning in to this Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Church. On this March the 11th, 2020. Don't forget to check out the website at pinelevelphc.org and watch the services live on the mayor. Check out other great information, pictures, and upcoming events and things like that. Also, the app is available. Pretty much the same respect there goes to the app. You can watch the services live on demand, view pictures, and upcoming events. Go to the Google Play Store or the iOS App Store and download it today for free. Also, you can subscribe or like our channel on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash PHC or search for us through your Facebook and watch our services live on demand. Just like our page and you'll get notifications when we go live. YouTube is available. Select services may be available on the YouTube channel, but you can subscribe to our channel on YouTube and watch our services live on demand as well through Pine Level PH Church. Don't forget about the podcast available through your favorite podcast provider where you can listen to our services if you don't have time to watch. Or if you can't find it, go to the app or the website. And there's a quick link there under the app or under the podcast section of the app and the website. For everyone here at the Pine Little Pentecostal Church, I'm Joey Perry. God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you back here Sunday morning at 1030.